charcoal shaman sandwich. Oh, good. That's uh, pretty much what we do here, I guess. Oh, it's, it took you a second to figure that out. You know, Sam, you remind me of a young Ian McKay. Okay. Because you, sir, are a patient boy. You <laughs> wait and wait and wait. Let's start the show. That's true. I've been trying to start this thing for the last 20 minutes. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the pensive Samuel Graham. How are we doing, Sammy? You're <laughs> a patient boy. Yeah, I get it now. Uh, not too bad. How are you? Um, I don't like soccer at all this week. It yeah, kind of sucks. That was pretty bad. Don't like it one bit. Pretty bad. Oh, we are recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Google Play if you're a weird Android user. And, of course, Spotify. If you like us, please subscribe, rate us, and if you have a few seconds, write a quick review. It would mean a lot. Uh, should you have a question or want to reach out to us, you can contact us. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch with us. Sure. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, we are at DU Football Show. And to get in touch with questions uh, via email, we are DUFootballShow at gmail.com. Fantastic. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. And uh, Sam, if you don't mind, I'd like to take the lead tonight about tonight's uh, beverage. Sure. Go so, for it. Um, we're, we're keeping it pretty classic or uh, old school, one may say. Um, when uh, Before we started this show, we already had a number one fan. And that, uh, that wonderful woman was my mother, Bernadine Marie Houston, who regrettably... Um, lost a battle with congestive heart failure this past Thursday. And though she doesn't, didn't drink much there towards the end, obviously, um, the woman enjoyed a good martini. And her point of view was a glass of ice, some Bombay Sapphire, and a couple of olives. And you know where a good bottle of vermouth would be? At the bar across the street. Because a good <laughs> martini bar doesn't, doesn't use any vermouth. So... Um, Nothing more than that. I just want to uh, send out a quick cheers to uh, my lovely mother, and I'll always think of you. And let's have a great show, Sammy. Cheers, man. Alrighty, let's get to the games. If I could actually, you know, move pieces of paper, we could get to the games. Clearly, I'm having troubles with that. So... First game we're going to talk about. Sam, you, credit where credit is due. You got the score spot on correct. Thank you. But I would say I got the sediment spot on correct. All right, fair enough. Liverpool, in a statement game, put a thumping on Spurs. Although only 2-1, to one, it could have been a lot worse. Well, Tottenham actually only managed the one shot on target uh, for a while there. And they scored with it. Um, Liverpool dominated every facet of this game. Uh, in the opening half, it was fairly cagey. The two heavyweights were really trying to feel each other out. Um, and the, the best chance, really, of that first half was a terrible back pass uh, from open play. Um, and uh, Michelle Vorn really saved well uh, for Mo Salah. You would expect him to score from that. As I said the last few weeks, he hasn't really been up to snuff lately. Um, but he, he'll get there. Uh, and the benefit of goal line technology uh, sent Liverpool 1-0 up after Jorginho uh, Wijnaldum uh, scored a header. Oh, uh, yeah. If it wasn't for uh, the backup keeper, uh, Michel Vrom, uh they would have been in a much worse place, Tottenham. He had yeah. five or six just flat-out goal-stopping yeah. saves. They were he, – he really played well, but the, the, the defense was – Completely at a loss, and and that is with, as you mentioned, Salah not necessarily playing that great. Neither was Mane. Neither one of them were really on, and they still just owned them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second half started more the same way. It was kind of cagey and chippy, although Lucas Moore did have a quick chance uh, and hit the outside of the post. Immediately after that, uh, Robertson bombing down the left again, found a great little ball to, uh, to, to uh, Sadio Mane, um, who was in behind. Slid the ball across goal and eventually made his way to Firmino. Uh, he finished. as a little unfortunate. A deflection from Vertonghen trying to slide mm -hmm. in and save. Hit the post. 
caught Vorn by surprise as he was also sliding out, couldn't get to it, and Firmino was just by himself on the doorstep. Yeah. Um, as the game wore on, Tottenham were much sloppier in possession. They weren't really creating much, and they looked absolutely knackered. They were just – I mean, there was one pass that in particular that sticks out in my mind where um, Eric Dyer was trying to receive the ball in this, inside the center circle, and it was maybe a yard, maybe two yards off of him, something he would have easily gotten to in the first two, three minutes of the game and kind of scurried around, ball was already passed him, tried to slide and hit it somewhere else and just completely whiffed it. Uh, it, it just – he looked like he was, you know, ready to take a nap after it happened as well. I mean, it was it was that bad. Um, Lucas Moore really seemed the only bright spot for that team. Um, yeah. Uh, even in the second half. Well, he's he's been brilliant the whole all, so far this early part of the year. He's been he's been quite brilliant. Was uh, three goals now for Lucas Moore or four? I think there's. I think it's three. Yeah. I think now, it's three. What what this game rubbed me the the way I watched it. This is a game where Liverpool said, "Hey Tottenham, you can go away now." We're playing for the title with City, and you're playing for fourth, maybe fifth place. Yep. You you don't belong here. That's exactly the way that game read to me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the game did, however, end in a flurry, a bit of a flurry for Tottenham. They had put a couple substitutes on, and they really started to stretch their legs. Eric Lamella ended up getting on the end of a corner that kind of made its way through a sea of bodies. I don't think it really got a touch. No, surprised him. His the the chest control was terrible. Shot it straight up in the air about five six yards, uh, and he ended up latching onto his own his own pop up there um, no. to volley home. But uh, and then Jorginho Wijnaldum uh, should have done better at the end and really could have made it three one, which probably would have been a fair scoreline. Right, but also I I think you can say too that's that flurry from Spurs at the end. That's commonplace. When two bigger clubs pay, play each other, if one's been dominating and they know they've got a hold of the game, but they give up a later a later goal and they feel like, okay, we just got to hunker in, make sure they don't get the equalizer. A team that necessarily didn't play particularly well at the start of the game suddenly looks like they have a chance simply because the other team is playing defensive and not so much going for a third or a fourth goal. They're going, okay, we're just going to see this guy out. Yes. And to, to that point, they also, um, with the substitutes that they made, were high-energy players. Uh, Son Min-hyun, who just came back from Korea recently. Doesn't um, have to do his military doesn't service. Doesn't have to do his military service. He, uh, he won gold beating, I think it was Japan. Uh, yes, it was Japan. Uh, 2-1 um, uh, in the final of the Asian Games. And then um, Eric Lamella, the Argentinian, uh, mm-hmm. who's very pacey and, and skillful. Uh, those two players especially are going to drive forward, are going to get in behind and really, excuse the pun, but really spur the team on. Actually, great opportunity to bring up the email that we missed last week from Russ talking about international play. Uh, yeah, I've got it right here. Yeah. Uh, with the first international break over, would a player rather have glory for his club or for his country? Uh, it's uh, That's kind of up in the air because some players, it means a lot. I mean, let's think about it. Brazil. To wear the number 10 for Brazil means you are arguably the greatest player in the world. Yeah, and anything less than a semifinal, really anything less than a final, is unacceptable uh, at, a, at a major tournament. You uh, know? Every every Brazilian knows of Pelé. Every Brazilian knows of Pelé. They know him as the greatest soccer player of all time, and they know that if you wear 10, you are representing Pelé. Correct. And each, you know, be it Kaká or... Uh, uh, Ronaldo, the the first Ronaldo, not the pretty boy one now, you know, or right. or Ronaldinho. Like, Ronaldinho wore he, ten. Ronaldo wore nine. No, I'm sorry, he was an out and out center forward. Okay, got it. And then um, or Neymar, Neymar, Neymar now, now wears yeah. the ten. Like there's a certain level of pressure. The hell out of it, in my opinion. Too. Yo, God, yes, the amount of diving and rolling around he does. But but to the flip side of that, where most Brazilians are, you know, the pinnacle of their career is representing Brazil. Uh, and wearing those famous yellow shirts, you have a player like Ryan Giggs, who is one of the greatest players uh, that has seen the Premier League, a Welshman, who rarely ever turned up for Wales and retired early to further his club career. Um, now, that being said, you you know you have a different set of expectations. Wales had uh, never qualified, and if they did, it was only for one uh, major tournament in their history up right. until... Recently the previous with Bale. Euros, yeah. yeah, the previous Euros. 
So what? I mean, there's no expectation there for anything. Why wouldn't he take the money and 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 try to further his club career along with United? You know, versus you have somebody, pretty much every Brazilian, their dream is to play for Brazil. Yeah, it, you know, make it to Europe to be seen and represent the country. You go to Europe to make money. You right. Go, you go to Europe so you and your family and your family's family Correct. is taken care of but for you, the rest of their but lives. But you never you never turn down. Right. The chance to play for your country at that point, like Ryan Giggs had, for instance. I, I think it's, a, like we just kind of said, it's a case-to-case basis, right? So for somebody like Gilby uh, Sigurdsson, who Iceland had never made a major tournament, they made the Euros and then they make the World Cup. It was still important for him to represent. It's a huge yeah. deal. But the minute that, uh, you know, Everton wins the Premier League title this year, um, clearly club is going to be more important. Potentially for those players, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, it's, you know, for, for, and for then the they'll wake up and realize they just lost 3-1 to West Ham. I uh, heard, yeah. Thank you for reminding me, jackass. So uh, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Goals. Oh, boy, Sammy. Did we have some goals this weekend? High-scoring matches. Starting off with... Uh, Cardiff being really cute and getting an opener, and then uh, Chelsea and in Hazard going, uh, no, four on you, yeah. four to one. Yeah, that Cardiff didn't have a sniff the rest of that game. I just want to say in this section we're going to cover four games uh, fairly quickly. Eighteen goals over those four games Insane. for all of your snobby friends that make fun of you for liking this sport in general, I, where nothing quote unquote nothing happens. Um, Tell them to watch any one of these four. They weren't the prettiest football matches, but damn, did something happen. Yeah, 4-1, 3-0, Yep. And then we had a 2-2 today as well. I mean, yep. so there's definitely goals to be had. I This is the question I got to ask you, Sammy, because, I mean, Hazard gets the hat trick. He's clearly one of the greatest players in the world currently, and there's no debating it. Yes. Uh, William, the Brazilian, get, scores oh, a gorgeous You goal. might be able to coin that. I don't know that I've ever heard William anyone say Brazilian? that. William, the Brazilian? You're quite welcome. <laughs> William, um, the Brazilian. You got to like say it out, though, so it, it was. Works. It was very. I thought it was very smooth. That's not bad. For the name assassin, that was yeah, quite lovely, wasn't it? that's not bad it? at all. So um, he scored one from Too bad it's end. pronounced Pete. Yeah, heard. <laughs> from, one end, from one end of the 18... To the opposite corner and just curled yeah. it in gorgeously. Brilliant goal. At this point, they're num- they're top of the league on goal difference. You have to consider Chelsea. You know they're real contenders. Everybody keeps talking about Liverpool City, but Chelsea's for real. I would at this stage, you have to agree with that. Um, I still want to see them come up against Tottenham, come up against Liverpool, come up against. United, uh, I mean, I guess, come up against uh, Manchester City and and see what that stern of a test will prove. Uh, you can't include us in that conversation. They beat you. I, mean, I know. They, they... But you can't include us in that conversation. Rebuilding, second game of the season, coming off a big disappointment against City at home. <laughs> Whatever not, excuse you need to make for yourself. Listen, I'm, seri- I, I'm, in, I'm not saying that we're a big club anymore, for real. Yes, we're a big club, and we expect to be there, thereabouts. But in no way, shape, or form did anybody think that we would win the title this season, myself included, and I made that clear on our first show. Everyone, remember the YouTube thing I told you to check out of the Gunner fans doing <laughs> interviews? You are right now Except witnessing I did. that exact thing. I said the exact same thing I'm saying now the first week. <laughs> All right, so Chelsea, Chelsea just rolls over Cardiff. Now, uh, the next game that had a ton of goals was Bournemouth at the Vitality. Shocker. The Cherries win at home, four to two over Leicester. Yeah, Leicester actually had more possession, more touches, more passes, more shots, and more shots on target, but they lacked the final touch and the ruthlessness to convert. What was the only thing they had less of? Goals. There you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bournemouth at home again, as you said, uh, they were sharp in the teeth. Scored four. They only had five shots on the tar on, on the target. They only had five shots on target. Scored four goals. Um, That's it, that is the definition of ruthless. Uh, ruthless. So, and, ruthless. yeah, having a little trouble talking there. <laughs> yeah, no. You're the one. I'm you, getting you, gummed up. Apparently, um, this goes out to all of our degenerate gambling friends who listen to this, and I know there's at least one. <laughs> bet, besides ourselves, <laughs> bet the cherries at home. Absolutely. Yeah. 
positively bet the cherries at home. Bet them every single time. You're going to lose a couple. You're going to win a lot more than you lose. And you're going to see the cherries are going to beat a big team at home. They will absolutely do it. For sure. You're absolutely right. And um, to make sure you don't always have to drive to Delaware or Jersey to place those bets, I'd like to make a quick plea to the Maryland uh, State Assembly to please get sports betting passed in the state of Maryland so we can just have fun like everybody else. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the PSA. (laughs) No problem. uh, Next game found Man City. Easily taking care of Fulham three uh, three nil. I think we're not surprised by the amount of goals that City scored. I, I think will we're give, surprised it's too few. Right, well, I'm I, I'm going to give City credit. I expected him to leak a few because Fulham likes to score. And I actually like I, my prediction was a four to two game. I figured yeah. I figured City was going to score a bunch and Fulham would get a couple. But uh, uh, City defense looking good gets the shutout. Well done. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, the. Fulham was at sixes and sevens with City's movement. They were all over the place. Uh, and Sané scored that first goal after just 97 seconds. From there, it was just City all the way. Now, Fulham did have a couple of late opportunities, but the shots were tame. There wasn't anything doing. They were intercepted on the way to the goal. Uh, and Ederson really didn't have a lot to do. Um, I can think of one cha- one opportunity that he was a little nervy on, but in the end, he dealt with it just fine. And really, Fulham never got a foothold in the game at all. It's really not much more to say. City is doing what City's doing. They're beating bad teams, and they're right up at the top of the table. It comes down to what are they going to do against uh, Liverpool and Chelsea, is really what, and, and United as well. What they do against those teams is what it really comes down to. Yep. Uh, which leads us to the reason why I don't like soccer this week. I'm forever blowing oh, bubbles. Shut your... Pretty bubbles in the awful, terrible mouth. (laughs) Do you know? Do you know? This is fun fact. Oh, fun fact. Do you know the team that sung that famous old song in their dressing room following West Ham's win over Man United to be the first team outside of the old Big Three to lift the Premier League? I'm assuming it's you because you only know your own. It wasn't. It was Blackburn Rovers. Oh, Blackburn! That's sang right. that song in won. their dressing room, throwing champagne around, bubbles in the air. Right, uh, which is not what the song means, but that's what it, they were doing. They spent a bunch of money. They got Alan, they in Alan Shearer that yep. they had as the leading goal scorer, yep. and mm-hmm. and then very slowly but surely, yep. completely fell apart. And I think they're now in League Two. Yes, I think that's true. And uh, League One or League Two? League, I know yeah, it's League One. Yeah, it's League One or League Two. But they um they're the at the only team outside of the big four clubs in England to have won the Premier League um, at the time, and it was West Ham beating United on the final day that gave them the trophy. Hmm. Very good. Well, um... <clears throat> so West- the Hammers return to their former glory. Yeah. West Ham West Ham 3, <laughs> Everton 1. Um, uh, Yarmolenko uh, scores 2 um, in his first start for West Ham this season, and Anultovich gets 1 as well uh, in the second half. Uh, simply put, the defense looked shambles, um, missing Seamus Coleman to a fractured foot. International breaks for Team Ireland do not go well for Seamus Coleman. <laughs> Last year was a leg break. Uh, just he always gets hurt, always. And then uh, they decided to go with uh, Lucas Dinge instead of um, instead of Baines. Yep. And while Dinge had a very good offensive game, the the second goal from Yarmolenko was him just stepping right off of him giving him a wide open shooting lane and Mason Holgate while stepping in admirably so far at the start of the season showed his youth and the Everton was a mess. They, they seemed to be asleep until they finally got the, uh, uh, the goal from Gilfie yep. Sigurdsson in the, uh, in the end of the first half, but they, they were completely asleep. I, I'm going to chalk it up as a, you know what? Sometimes you give up a bad one, and this is the bad one you gave up. Yeah, I'm going to uh, – a quick tactical thing, especially mm-hmm. on Yarmolenko, is Pellegrini positioned him on that right wing, and Luis Digne is is very, very left-footed also. Yeah. Yarmolenko is quite left-footed as well. <laughs> uh, we used to do it years ago with Robert Pires, uh, the right-footed player that would play out left. And you do that because – when you cut in from those wings, right, you're on your favorite foot and you have a better angle to shoot on target. 
So a lot of your wingers doing that get more goals than they would playing on the side where they're just crossing the ball like David Beckham used to do. Right. He's a right-footed player on the right side. Um, and Yarmolenko was cutting in, and Digne then has to play with his off foot instead against yeah. Yarmolenko's strong foot. You know, being Digne facing him his right side against Yarmolenko's left. And he just sidestepped him and, and netted brilliantly. Just put it over into that left corner. It was fantastic. Great, great win for West Ham to go on the road and do it. Uh, they a needed desperation it. win because, what is it, Chelsea and United in their next two matches, I believe. So they're probably going to lose a couple more here. Oh, yeah. You know. And and Fabianski did have a few good saves still. He still had some work to do mm-hmm. uh, in that second half um, as you guys started to turn the screw. But uh, and I, I I cannot believe I'm saying these words out loud. But West Ham were actually resilient. Yeah, they were. It was you know a, a decent display from them, which up to this point they've been abysmal. Uh, it's I I was disgusted watching the game. I had said in the predictions this is a game you don't want to watch. I didn't realize it was going to have a lot of goals, <laughs> um, but I knew it was going to be ugly, and I just didn't think we were going to be that ugly. Um, come back next week, have a good game against Arsenal. Everything's well, okay. We're three come back, spin, bro. Come back next week and we've lost Arsenal 5 nothing. We got a goddamn problem. Yep. No, we won't score that many. Time for everybody's favorite segment. Oh, so that happened. <laughs> so, um, right off the jump, Manchester United in a game that I called spot on, score on. United 2. Watford won, and I think it is, as opposed to talking to uh, the goals in the game itself, I want to go right into our question that we missed last week um, from Otis Anderson. Hi, niece. Hi, niece. Do you think the international break is enough for Mourinho to turn around the sinking ship? Um, if I would have answered this last week, I would have said yes. I see after seeing this game, my answer again is Yes. I would have been proven wrong because I would have said no. Um, a lot of that Manchester United front line was involved in their national teams. Now, that's not necessarily their issue. A lot of their issue is defensively. But they need to figure out how to play within the constraints going forward that Mourinho has on them. And if they can't figure out how to score goals and score them consistently, they could be in trouble. They came out and did what they had to do. It was a very professional performance. I was I was very surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, to quote uh, or semi-quote a song that your supporters used to sing all the time, 2-0 to the Arsenal. No, 1-0 to the Arsenal. Okay, well, it's going to be a lot of 1-0s and 2-0s and 2-1s yeah. to United. Um, again, I think the talent of this team is too good in spite of Mourinho. Now, do I think that this team can find themselves in third, fourth place at the end of the year, Mourinho has a meltdown and gets fired at the end of the year? Absolutely. But getting that win against Burnley fixes a lot because it, it gets the doubt out of their players' heads that they can win. It, yeah, it did. And um, a lot of the back line, conversely to the forward line being called up for their countries, a lot of that back line was not. They were able to have these players in training week in, week out with no pressure, no cameras, no anything. And they were able to just train. And it showed. They didn't really give a whole lot up, and you have a 2-1 Smalling win. had himself a hell of a game. Yeah, and, and I and thought he deserved to play from the start. Yeah, yeah he looked good. Um, so, talking about Burnley just like a second ago, we're going to go ahead and mention Wolves 1, Burnley 0. Um, I think it's time to start being worried about the Clarets, man. I would agree with that. Coming off, you know, an international break again, 10, 12 days of no, of no football, just training. Um, they still look tired, just utterly knackered again, you know, um, Wolves really had the the majority of the play on the outside. Burnley looked compact, but things still looked, you know, at sixes and sevens again. I mean, they were all over the place. If, if the Wolves got by on an overlap on the left or right wing once, they did it 400 times yeah. during this game. It was, I Every don't know what the... Go was a guy just running around the I outside. I don't know what the wingers or the outside backs were yeah. doing for Burnley. And like I said, the, the middle of the park looked much more compact, but Wolves exploited the spaces and got the goal. You yeah. know, they exploited that space on the outside, were able to get crosses in the box, and uh, and, and scored. 
And again, Burnley has always had trouble scoring goals. Their eighth place finish last year was absolutely amazing because they only scored 34 goals in 38 league games. Mm -hmm. How many one nils that was. And that three of those goals against were against Chelsea. Season, I just, yeah. hey, I just remember that. Yep. Three of those goals were against Chelsea at the beginning of the season. 31 so goals thirty-one in goals, thirty-seven games. Yes, yeah. and that's, finished in seventh. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an amazing, amazing achievement. But if they, what they had was defense, and if they ain't got that, they don't have much. Um, and you could start to worry for them for real. We'll we'll give uh, credit to Joe Hart. Um, I know they've got. Two fantastic keepers that are both on the mend right now that were both on the English roster. But uh, Joe Hart doesn't make the saves he made, particularly in the first half. We're talking, this is in the section above, about a 5 nothing Wolves win easily. Right. Yeah. So, um, next game. Hey, how about that? You had Zaha played. Zaha scored. Palace wins one nothing. Yep. (laughs) Wow. I mean, we should just put them, pencil them in every week in this section because it's pretty much what it is. What's going to happen as long as he's fit? Well, and if they lose, it's going to be oh, Oh, Saha didn't play. They lost, (laughs) so that happens. Um, It was actually a pretty even game, although Huddersfield did manage fifteen shots. Only two of them were on target, uh, which is just terrible. You can't, you cannot survive in the Premier League with those kind of numbers against a team that you're going to be fighting relegation with. Oh, absolutely. This That's is someone you're trading pathetic. points with. This is this is like losing six, not not yeah, you know that losing is three. pathetic. Um now that being said, uh Wilfred Saha gets the goal. He also had a uh, uh, quote, very interesting opinion after the match. I have this here. Uh Wilfred Zaha said after the match, quote, I feel like before anyone gets a red I'd have to get my leg broken or something. That's why I lose my head. What? Why am I getting different treatment from other players? It makes you not want to go on a run because someone will come through the back of you and it doesn't allow you to express yourself, end quote. Um, I give him credit for this. He said it. Unlike Neymar at the World Cup, who just sat next to his manager and let his manager talk about it as he looked like a sheepish, sheepish little boy. You know, at least... Wilfred came out and said this. Yeah. He has also now put a, a big, massive target huge on his back. target More on than the there back already of was. both of his knees yeah. and both of his ankles. More than and, there already was. And and that man's going to get a, a red card for reaction Well, I just he's yeah. going to get his legs I just, out. I mean, look at the, the end of it here. It makes you not want to go on a run because someone will come through the back of you and it doesn't allow you to express yourself. Isn't that, as a defender, what I'm supposed to do? Stop you from expressing yourself? It's just screaming for, like, an old-school, go-screw, proper English yeah. defender. He's just going to run out You're there absolutely kick him, right. kick him one time in the leg, and when he's on the ground, go, yeah, how's that feel, mate? You right. all right? How's, how's, how's that yeah. leg? I'm going to do that at, all game. I think, I think first to bend me for <laughs> Burnley. Yeah. When, they, when he goes on a, on a marauding run, as he tends to do from that left-hand side and cuts in, uh, you know, you just see a, a, a set of studs go right into his calf muscle there, much like Phil Jagielka did the yeah. first game of the season. All, I was, well, a former, <laughs> a former Evertonian, and although he is Welsh and although he's in the championship, Ashley Williams would be licking his chops yeah, as the true. opportunity to just kick Zaha in the back of the leg. The other piece of this issue in general is that Wilfred Zaha had a bit of a, a reputation for diving prior to uh, maybe the last two or three seasons. And, um, it, this quote itself, I understand getting kicked across the park and being targeted as the best, uh, best player on the field is, is going to happen to players. You cannot come out and say this and expect anything to get better. Right. Well, I mean, I, I give him credit for at least manning up and showing his frustration and saying, oh, it in I, the I, no, I understand it's, that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. far, it's far better than but if rolling think, around on the ground 15 times correct. and crying like a little girl. Like, I agree with that point. Do you think this is going to make it any better? Oh, God, no. No. So why do it? It's going to make it way worse. Yeah. So why do it? Way worse. So why do it? Just don't say it. Right. Manager should have told him to be quiet. Yeah. Don't say anything. Send a letter to the referee association, and that's the end of it. You know who you let make that statement? Let your manager make that statement. I mean, Uh, although it's going against what I just said. (laughs) But no, you just have your manager manager in the press or afterwards be like, like, man, I'm sick and tired of watching uh, my best player get hacked every game. 
Yeah. Just say it like that, like a throwaway remark, you know? Well, and Coaches then, and, know how to do it right. Right, and then but, if somebody asks him about it later, he goes, yeah, you know, I mean, it happens, it's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. Then um, you don't get it, attacked is, after Is it frustrating? Of course it's frustrating, right. and you leave it at that. So uh, finish up the uh, rest of Oh, So That Happened. We had our one of our uh, derbies was yeah, today. One the of new, our first derbies. Yes, season, it was. Um, the we, we've had a couple, but yeah, this was the uh, New Forest Derby that we were talking about. Yes, which was uh, Southampton and Brighton Hove Albion, the uh, Seagulls, which our producer took quite a uh, shine to as a team from last week's uh, oh, really? discussion. Really loved the. Uh, Hearing about the song that was sung on the battlegrounds in France, she was. You're welcome for including that fact. Yeah, I thought it was very, very cool, very cool. And and I, and and you and I uh, got the opportunity to watch this match together today. Um, yes, I have a soft spot for uh, Shane Duffy, the uh, Irish center back who was a member of Everton for a good five years as well. And I've always, I've always really liked him as a player. I mean, I was pulling for Brighton in this game because of my pure, unadulterated hatred for Mark Hughes. Oh, we both hate Sparky <laughs> with a passion. Oh, so by the I way, was... we saw a 2-2 draw with a uh, very late equalizer, by the way. Yeah, so it was a very testy first half. A lot of, uh, a lot of you know, back and forth and chippiness, um, which typically happens in, in most derby matches. That strike. Uh, oh. <laughs> Emil Hoiberg. Man, he was a good 35 out. He was a good 35 yards from goals, struck cleanly across it. It was knuckling, but just had that little bit of bend to tuck it in the far corner. When you watch the slow down replay, the ball isn't even spinning. No, I it's think just it makes tense. In, in 35 yards, I think it made one rotation. Like barely yeah. moving, and you just watch it barely curve into yep. the back end. It didn't touch That's anybody. Awesome. Like a defender just jumped over it, just got under his leg. It was. It was awesome. Oh, oh my god. It was awesome. Um, and then they added a second, uh, yep. through a penalty, uh, early, it's, relatively it's, early it's, on in the second half. Ings, it was a penalty, but I mean, Ings got touched and Ings knew, oh, I just got touched and Ings went right down. Yeah. But <laughs> Brighton looked a different team in that second half. And that second goal especially woke them up. They scored, uh, their first goal, Brighton, just two minutes after conceding that second mm-hmm. goal. Um, and they were on the chase the rest of the game and Southampton had a chance here or there, but. They had Shane Long up front alone, and we all know how that ends. Mm, not well. Not well. Not in a goal, no, essentially. No, leave Ings um, up there. Let him do it. Just yeah, not long. Right, not, don't put Shane Long Don't even put Shane positions. Long up there with – you know what Shane Long likes to do? He likes to go play for teams that get um, – Relegated. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly and then what he likes find to do. another bottom half club to go to. <laughs> and, and go down promptly as yeah. well, and then find another – that's what he loves to do. Yep. Um, um, but they finally got the reward in the way of a penalty, uh, with just stoppage time left to play. I told you, didn't I sit you there did and tell you that. the whole, I was like, don't the do amount of pressure, stupid Southampton, yeah. you're good, the, how packed in they were. And the amount of pressure Brighton was put them on them, and Brighton with Glenn Murray and coming. some of those players that they had in the box, a lot of that game plan is, is they have some technical players that'll play, you know, those little one-twos around the edge, but a lot of what they do is get the ball wide and pump it into the box, you know, um, and with that, you know, holding or, you know, a little trip or a push in the back, it's going to be real easy to concede a penalty, at, to your point. And it was, I believe, off a corner. Um, yeah. They had five foot eight James Ward-Prowse marking Shane Duffy. Right. And he just hip-checked him as he ran by because there's no way he's marking him because yeah. the man's as tall as the other man's nipples. Yeah. He pushed, like, he, he pushed him right in the back. I mean, yeah. it was clear as day. And it was just, and the minute it happened, I went, penalty. Told you, told yep. you it was coming. You knew it was coming. And uh, the um, savvy veteran, Glenn Murray, puts it away. That right Wiley down the middle. Wiley Just puts it right down the middle. <laughs> you know, something has to be said here about Brighton. The following. You get the win against Manchester at home. You're 2-0 down to uh, Bournemouth uh, at home. Come back and tie it. Yes. You're down 2-0 to Southampton on the road. You tie it. Yes. Spurs better look out next week. Brighton's hosting Spurs, and I think Spurs is about to face a team at the absolute wrong time. I would completely agree with that statement, especially as tired as they looked and as heavy as Brighton came on in those last few minutes. Brighton's um, creative. They're not. A, they're they're yeah. creating opportunities. They're trying to score goals. They're going at it. They're yes. They're really going at it. I, I, I would completely agree with that. I think Spurs are gonna have to gonna have to look ahead to that and be a little nervous. Everybody. <laughs> it's time to talk about the last game. 
We know what that means. But before we talk about Sammy bitching about his club, I would like Sam to take note. I said 2-1 Arsenal. What was the final score, Sam? Please, go ahead and talk. That's all I got to say. It was 2-1 Arsenal. I'm proud to say. Mm-hmm. Because my, my club you, won this weekend and your club didn't. You doubted your team. I No, I did not. What I did was analyze the game as best I could, trying to provide a product to the people of this country. Okay? <laughs> That's what I tried to do. AKA help out the degenerate gamblers. <laughs> oh. Please see the PSA right around 28 minutes in the show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it was a very nervous start again from Arsenal. Very slow. Um, they don't have. They didn't match the inten- uh, intensity. I'm sorry of Newcastle uh, at all. And we need to find that and find it quicker because we were by far the better team in the second half. Um, yeah, more mistakes again uh, with that in, uh, insistence on playing out of the back that nobody else can do was a little bit ridiculous uh, once again and conceded a few chances that we had to, you know, had to deal with. Um, but after that, again, Newcastle didn't really have a sniff. So, um, but very disappointing Arsenal in the first half. So, Sam, if you see my head down frantically writing something, that means you're supposed to keep it going and not like just go, Bleh! Uh, uh, Sam, dog, while I'm okay. over here frantically writing stuff down. I know, I okay. see. And now so I'm getting I'm gonna, pointed at something else. So what? I'm going to go back to I'm frantically gonna back, writing I'm gonna down. Get back to the football please here. stick to talking about your team for me? Just like I'm trying to actually make this Anyway, work. the only good thing that uh, any performance from Granite Jock has so far, uh, the only good thing he's ever done uh, this season was the free kick that he scored. And um, what I have written here that, that, that I took a note for myself is that it will mask the indifferent day that he had. Um, once again, he was just playing five, ten-yard passes, had one or two long ones that were okay. But really, until that free kick, he didn't do anything of note. Um, and then Mezzadozo finally gets on the score sheet to make it 2-0. That uh, was a great passing move. Um, and then they blocked a shot very well from Lacazette, but it fell right to Ozil, who had a composed finish. Uh, Newcastle didn't have... Composed my ass. The keeper should have saved it. Ozil sucks. It's a composed finish. Don't be mad because he was on the score sheet and he lost to West Ham. Anyway, world class. Uh, Great goal, KD Lang. um, It took long enough, but Newcastle finally made that brittle Arsenal backline pay. It was a great cross from the right side, and Halsalu just strolled right in at the far stick uh, and scored with a free header. Still don't know who was supposed to mark him, but neither did Arsenal. And I don't, I'm not the one that get paid to know who was supposed to mark him. They are. And they need to write that ship. It's really starting to get old, this, this crap that they do and just not taking responsibility. Um, and that's really been my biggest gripe in the season. And something I've consistently done on the Sam's bitching moment of the show is defensively, we are far too brittle, and we're screaming out for a proper, just English brute defender to sort out everyone's job and to 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 make things happen. So we've only been doing this show, obviously, for this season. Sam, what have I been telling you Arsenal has needed since the entire time you and I have been oh, friends? And, you're, and you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Once, once Sol Campbell retired, that was it. So basically since 2006. You need a proper... F you, how's that dirt taste? Get up and stop crying, you twat kind of defender. That's exactly the guy you need. Someone that will just beat the snot out of someone and and beat the snot out of his own players when their heads are up their asses, which seems to be the problem with your outside midfielders and your outside wingbacks. No communication, nobody knows what's going on. Correct. It's, Absolutely it's, correct. This is a sixth place team until they get that fixed. Yep. And now, so it was fairly comfortable in the end. Right. Um, at the end of the day, we had a majority of the possession. Uh, we had all the shots, really, except a, a couple here or there. Uh, we dealt with everything fairly comfortably. That was, a, you know, again, just a, another lapse in concentration and something that just isn't going to get fixed until Unai Emery shoves a boot in someone's ass. So, kids, it's time to show um, what little, well, one of us knows and what a lot one of us knows. It's prediction time, kids. So, uh, 
Sam, you had yourself a good week. You went six and four. You actually predicted one score correctly. Well done. Good on you. Good on you. Look at that again. Um, Sam, would you like to know how I did? Go for it. I was nine and one, Sam. The only game I got wrong was my team. That was it. Nine and one. So you are now um, 17 and 13. I am 21 and nine, and you are just getting closer and closer to four shots of Malort in one show. It's going to happen. I'm just telling you now. Can you just go ahead and admit I know how to do this and you don't? I will not. And here's why. The same reason I stood in your living room this afternoon yelling at the television because they were showing Southampton Football Club on 13th place on however many points it was, right? The subtitle of that was Three Points Clear of Relegation Zone. It's the MF. Fifth week of the season. There is a long, 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 long way to go. As you saw last year, Manchester City winning the title. With a record 100 points, they didn't lift the title until there were only five games left to play. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And I will be there or thereabouts at the end. And I will gladly... Like in New Orleans in that barber chair, mm-hmm. I will pour that Malort straight down your throat, I'm my friend. Just, I'm just come the end watch, of the season. I'm just watching you kind of like try. Like you can see the hamster going around yeah. in the wheel right now. But you know, by that time, I will have lapped you five times. And oh. You'll be doing four <laughs> shots of Malort. Let's get into the games. Um, so Watford will be traveling to Fulham. Watford bounces back from the United loss. I think they had a spirited game, just unlucky, and uh, the. You're just, unfortunately, Fulham, you're catching the Hornets at the wrong time of the year. You're going to lose 3-2. to two in a I got 2-1. Yeah, I got 2-1. So our mid-game games find um, Bournemouth heading to Burnley. And while we sit here and talked about how the Cherries are dominant at home and have a hard time on the road, typically Burnley is a team that always loves to win at, at home. But the Cherries are rolling. The Clarets are reeling. And even though the Clarets are at home, they're losing 2-0. I've got one nil to Bournemouth. Yep. Um, the next one's pretty easy. Uh, Cardiff City's playing Man-, Man City, and if any of you think anybody's picking Cardiff City, you're smoking crack. Uh, City wins 4-0. <laughs> I got 5 nil City. <laughs> um, in the battle of tough luck teams, we see uh, Newcastle heading to Palace. I see a chippy scoring draw, 1-1. I see a very physical match. We really can't agree on all this, or it's not going to be good. I have 1-1 as well. I'm sure there's one game we'll both disagree on. Oh, Um, and this, look for Lascelles to go through Zaha like a hot knife through butter. Oh, just plant him down one time. Yeah, and and early. Expect it early. He's going to do it, and he's going to see if the ref gives him a yellow. He'll take a yellow for it. He'll just... Put his ass on the ground hard. Yes. Um, uh, next match finds Huddersfield traveling to Leicester. Foxes rebound easily from their 4-2 loss. They're going to win 2 now. West Morgan got a red in the last game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a little bit vulnerable. And kind of reeling after letting four in in general. So I've got 2-1 Leicester. Okay. What did you say, 2-0? I said 2-0. Uh, yeah, I've got 2-1. I think Huddersfield might actually get on the score sheet in this one. I mean, they've only done it, what, twice this season so far? Yeah. Right. But that that back line's decimated at the moment for Leicester. they got a couple reds, a couple injuries. Harry Maguire can't do it all himself. You know you know who's scoring in this match? Jamie Effin Vardy. <laughs> you know that's happening. <laughs> uh, are keeping, the, uh, keeping it rolling just like I would expect. Liverpool is hosting Southampton. Um Sparky's team today losing, <laughs> losing that uh, match. Bless you, our uh, lovely producer, uh, sneezing right in the middle of it. She always gives us like these weird looks when there's ambient noise, like something like in the background, and then she sneezes loud. Yeah, as she day. throws that. Yeah. It's right at us. Um, so Southampton travels to Liverpool. Liverpool keeps it going. I just think a nice, solid, impressive 3 0 win. I got 3 0 too. That's <laughs> too damn. funny. Um, and the final midday game sees uh, Wolverhampton traveling to Manchester United. Um, I see United winning 2-1, to one, but this is a game that Wolverhampton will be up one nothing. That's possible. 
But after the display we saw against a team similar to them in Watford this past weekend, I think uh, with a full week to be, well, I think they got Champions League uh, midweek. This yeah, week, they do have they? Champions League. Um, well, for the sake of being different, I got United 2-0. Okay. But I think you might actually be right because of the Champions League midweek, but I don't want all of our shit to be the same. Heard. <laughs> so, so I'll just sacrifice a point and go 2-0 so to United. if you heard um, last week's uh, show, we talked about the Champions League and Europa. Those tournaments are going on this week. So that means all the top teams are playing an extra game on and Wednesday. Th- this is all of the, the proper group stage. There's none, none of that qualifying stuff. That's why, for instance, in the Europa League, we've been talking about Burnley and some of those teams, they were in the qualifying stages where yep. Arsenal hasn't played. Right. Now Arsenal has a game this Thursday. Yep. So that's uh, that will affect teams. This is when you see how deep a good Swatters, roster yeah. is. Oh, and the late game has, as we mentioned earlier, Spurs traveling to Brighton. Um, Brighton is playing inspired football. They've already beat a big team at home. And I see a 2-2 draw. That the Spurs have to eke out the single point, like score late to get the draw. That could be. I say I have two one to Spurs. Or I'm yeah, two one to Spurs still. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's too much quality in the team, uh, and I don't think that Brighton's going to have enough. But watch out because Tottenham could be tired at the end again. They will be tired at the end again. They have Champions League in midweek, and uh, and Brighton will be on a flurry uh, yeah. towards the end of the game. Brighton, I, I think I think Brighton's uh, they're all cylinders. They are go right now. They are doing a great job. Yeah, I'm with um, you. Um, <laughs> the our producer likes that. Uh, and then Sunday only has two games. No Monday night football this week. Uh, the early game sees Chelsea heading over to West Ham. Um, Hammers got their win. You know, good on them. They're in for a rude awakening. They're going to lose three to one. I've I got think three one also. I I, I think the Hammers got enough to find a goal against uh, Chelsea, yep. but Chelsea's just going to manhandle them. Yeah, it, it's not going to be a contest really, and you're going to see a very another very quiet just cruise to a win. So, um, the late game, I will say right now, Mr. Graham is coming to join me, and we are going to watch the match together. And then we're going to record after the match. Um, expect us to be hammered. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> going to do some serious day drinking. Yeah, don't expect a great show. Ever- Everton travels to the Emirates to face Arsenal. And Toffees never win when they go to Arsenal. Never, ever win. They always lose. Um, but that being said, I think last week was an anomaly for for um uh, for Everton, I don't think Arsenal is fully where they need to be yet, and I see a scoring draw, 1-1. Uh, is Let me ask you a question to make sure I don't want to edit my prediction here. Is Richarlison back for yes, this game? Yes, he is. He is. Okay. Uh, after three games yeah, I have out, to assume he's going to be energized, and you're outside, uh, you're outside backs and you're outside midfielders. Right, I that went, is a field I, day waiting to happen. I went 3-1 originally. I'm editing that to 3-2 to two to the to the Gunners. Okay, fair enough. And you've got a 1-1, you said? Yep. All right. Can't wait to rub that in your face. So, uh, how'd the boys do this week, Sammy? You want to uh, lead us in there? Yeah, so, two wins on the spin. Hells yeah. We're killing it right now. We are on fire. This one was especially in Drunkards United style. Uh, Two red cards during the game, a fight. Took a uh, 3-0 hammering to start the match in the first to, what, 10 minutes or yep, so. Yep. To win 10 to 4. Yeah. Come yep. on. Yep. Well, I'm sorry, it was uh, 10-5. They got a fifth. They got, <sighs> yeah, it was we down three Damn. nothing, down three nothing to start the match. At halftime we were uh, up five four. And then yep. just rolled. Yep. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, Hard, kind of, physical, and uh, we we had a uh, we had a guest player that was uh, helping out because we were a little low on men, and he had already kind of been mouthy and messing with the other team. And at halftime, I told him, I was like, "Hey, buddy, you're doing exactly what you should do, but be careful. They're going to try to start a fight with you." What happened? They tried to start a fight, and voila, foul, red card. Two guys start fighting. Red card again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, very happy with the with the boys. So, 
being it pretty good result. Now it now at two and three, two games left. Get wins. Both against teams ahead of us as exactly. well. Exactly. Get wins and a tough start finds Drunkard United in the playoffs. Um, there we go. And especially especially this next week, the squad the squad we're playing is a very good team, but it's a team that we love to annoy. Yeah, and, and we just took their best player. And they just they start to fight with each other and it'll be it'll be really great. So um everybody, thanks for joining us. We're actually under an hour for once. How about that? Sammy, you got any parting words? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, get in touch. Again, I apologize. We didn't get to the emails last week. Um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, they fit in appropriately with the show as well. Um, so glad we got to you this week. We'd love to hear from everybody. Get in touch with us. I do want to send a special shout out uh, to a friend of ours, Jesse. Um, it's a great idea to do the Football 101 show. And uh, I thought it was received well. Everybody seemed to really enjoy it. It's fun as hell. Yeah, it was a good time. It was it was fun to really explain, you know, the stuff that we get and the, the nuances to the to the teams and the games and why this is what we do, why this is gets our blood boiling. It's 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 a lot of fun. And I think we're gonna keep and doing I, that in international breaks too. Yeah, we'll we'll expand on some stuff. We'll you know, again get to Sam's vocabulary corner where I tell you all the weird shit that I say that no <laughs> you might not understand. That makes our producer giggle. Um and, um, Melissa, if you could, could you hand me that bottle over there, please? Uh, because there is something that needs to happen. Sam oh, lost this week. For and per sake. our friend Russ, yeah. per our friend Russ, uh, I think it's time for you to take a shot of Malort. Well, I wish, I wish that I had to uh, do, well, if we would have came up with this when you had already, you know, lost to. But that's fine. I'll do it. Hold on here. Oh, it hurts just watching. So this is, for those of you who don't know, it's a Polish bitter Ugh. from Chicago. Called, Only the Poles could come up with called this. Called Malort. Please, YouTube Malort to figure out what it's about. So let's go ahead and have a sip here. Oh, <laughs> God. So good. Oh, Touches your lips. It's so good. <laughs> you know what the best part is? The bile taste, the throw-up yeah. aftertaste that it has, it, it stays with you. God that is damn, the worst it stays stuff. with you. You know. Oh, clear your throat and then whew. finish the show, please. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston. And that shot will all be worth it when Graham has to do one next week. When my toffees beat his stupid gooners. Till next week, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Why did you get all shafty real Ooh, uh, when next week when and then stupid gunners <laughs> at the end of it. You ruined a perfectly good shaft moment for yourself. I mean you're completely ruining the good end of the show, but that's alright. Good night everybody. <laughs> Right on. I am getting knocked the F out.